Hey y'all, it's Kiss. Welcome to Ergo. We got something a little special for you in between our regularly scheduled programming. This week, as part of our coverage of Pitchfork Music Festival, which is happening this weekend, we wanted to re-release a couple episodes from Deep in the Ergo Crates, a couple go-back episodes with two Chicagoans who are performing at this week's Pitchfork Festival, Rick Wilson and Tasha, both of whom we've actually had on the show twice so you can go back into the archives and hear both of those. But we wanted to give y'all the opportunity to hear our first conversations on air with each of them. First up is Rick Wilson, who was episode three of Ergo back on July 24th, 2015. Rick was just stepping into the music realm. He was still doing some organizing. He was very late to the interview, uh, but it was really fun. And it was kind of the first time we got a chance to chop it up with him. And now fast forward... Almost exactly four years later, here he is performing on the Pitchfork stage. So without further ado, let's go back to episode three with Rick Wilson here on Ergo. Welcome back to Ergo. Welcome to Ergo. It is when, Thursday at... Woo, why don't you go ahead and start Thursday, us off, David? It's Thursday, noon. I don't really know the date. I never know what the date is, but I do know it's Thursday because I am here. But what's up, Kiss? Yeah, we don't know much, but it's Thursday at noon, which means we get on the radio. This is WHPK 88.5, WHPK.org. You're listening to Ergo. I'm Daniel Kisslinger. I am Damon Williams. For those of y'all who are unfamiliar, what we do is each week we showcase a strong young voice from the city of Chicago who's shaping and reshaping the culture of our city and of our country. This week's guest, Rick Wilson. Penny Raps. Rapper, prison abolitionist, vocal leader, youngin. Organizer, cool dude. He'll uh, be up here in a couple minutes here on Air Go. But uh, while we're getting set, uh, Damon, what are you, uh, what you, what you been thinking about? What you been feeling? Uh, man, it's been a tough week, tough couple of days um, in this climate that, that we've been in um, and the consistency of, of police violence and, and state sanctioned violence um, and, you know, specifically what's been happening with Sandra Bland. Um, I don't know. It's just really hit home in a way um, that it's like now all of it's kind of been a critical mass or we're kind of at a tipping point uh, where it's really hard for me to like engage or or to take in information on what's going on with this story, what's going on with her, because it's just so tragic and so heartbreaking. Um, and I've just reached a point where I really can't like take it anymore. Like I can't watch the video. I can't really read stories. Any post about it like is ruining my evening. Um, mm. And, and it's, it's just very difficult, uh, especially since, you know, over the last year or so, I've been very close yeah. to all of the, the, the violence or the response to what's been going on in this country. And, uh, you know, I, it's just been a little bit of an overload for me. Um, and I don't know what's like different or specific about this case. I don't know if, if, if I'm more heartbroken because it happened to a black woman um, who I always try to center uplift and support. 
or if because it wasn't one of those, I thought he had a gun, I thought they were going to attack me type of thing, they were resisting arrest, like it was a traffic stop, and then she died in police custody. And from that, there are now all of these other stories popping up of, of black people and black women dying in police custody, and them always saying it was a suicide, or they tried to hang themselves, yeah. uh, sp- particularly in the South, uh, where, you know, lynching is such a, you know, um, a historic use of racial terrorism um that i'm just i just can't really take it anymore um and you know as someone who's been a part of marches and actions i don't want to chant i don't really want to protest i don't want to hashtag um and that may be you know shutting down might not be the best way to go about it um but i don't know you know that's really where i am i'm just at a i don't know point yeah i mean i think you know, it's one of the things that I've been thinking about and we've been talking about off air with this show is, you know, basically who as individuals are we to be using our voices to talk about this and what are the ways we can do that, right? So we have this gift of this hour each week where we get to come on, talk into microphones and continue some of the conversations that we have off. Um, and I think part of doing that well, or at least doing it honestly, is showing the moments where we're just tired. Yeah. I mean that that exhaustion and that drain and that I I mean for you when there have been other moments maybe that have felt like this or different kinds of exhaustion one what kind of stuff were you doing that was pushing you to a point that felt like this and how did you get through it in the past cuz I mean no one has solutions but you Yeah, done this yeah. I, I, so over the last year definitely since Mike Brown um I've been involved um through the organization that I'm the co-director of, Let Us Breathe. We've been going back and forth to Ferguson a lot, as well as doing a, a lot of street actions here in Chicago. And then from that experience, I've become a member of BYP 100. Um, and, and you know, you look back at, like, the old days, and, and, and perseverance is always one of the qualities that is needed to do this type mm-hmm. of work. Um, and you get kind of embarrassed because, you know, I've only been what you would call an organizer for not even a year yet. Um, and there have been times where I've already felt exhausted, but that's more from like going to meetings or, you know, having four weekends in a row where I'm doing five hour drives back down to Ferguson, the St. Louis area. And it's more like a physical capacity issue. Yeah. Uh, but with this Sandra Bland, it's more psychological and emotional uh, because one is just becoming you worry about getting desensitized to it yeah. because every week every three days there's a new hashtag there's a new video there's yeah, a but new that's story. not new though i mean um, that's been going on forever yeah and, yeah but i i don't think there's been a, a collective consciousness specifically like on social media of like mm-hmm. being very intentional and being very organized and getting the information out yeah. so you might hear about it and like oh that's messed up uh but now it's like it's consistently in your face. And this one is so heinous. You know, there's posts last night that are servicing that are saying like in the mugshot that they took of her, you know, and this is not confirmed. She might not have even been alive and that they had her laying on the floor dead in a jumpsuit. Um, And just seeing that last night, that was really what, what broke, what broke me. I was, I was kind of uh, trying to avoid it as I saw it. And I think it was because of the the routineness of the traffic stop and because her being a woman, but you know, now seeing just how how heinous yeah. um, this is shaping up to be. And, you know, what, what's frustrating is that there is no solution, right? Like, uh, of course, you want justice, but them getting arrested or them, right. the, which, which is not likely or not, you know, what has been the case in the past. But even if they do crack down, quote unquote, 
on these few cops or whoever was there that won't heal or that won't make it better for me at least um even though that's kind of what we need to get our country back on pace um but it's just i i'm at a loss personally so, so for you i mean i keep thinking about the phrase like feeling shook yeah and all the different things that that can mean and the negative connotations for that but also like the importance in those moments to point try to figure out a way to pull the people around you and yourself back together and i don't know how to do it when you know but like it's just it's a it's a different kind of shook you know yeah. it's something that gets to a a level and when you have people who such as yourself and you know rick who will be up here in a minute who are doing things that are relatively fearless you know standing at the front of a crowd or you know, going into these spaces and saying things that people don't want to hear, whatever. Yeah, going to police stations when your license is suspended. <laughs> oh, well, that's another issue. <laughs> JK. <laughs> hey, no, don't, no. Uh, Damon didn't drive here, for the record. He, uh, he took a bus to a train to a train to a train to a bus to a train from all the way from down south. Um, but that this is just a fear that comes from somewhere else, or a shookness that comes from somewhere else. And it's like, how do you... It's just there has to be a different model of strong and i was talking with and a model of strong that's less about like masculine stoicism right i think that that's a place that the strength can come from not to use the big words on it but like a thing where rather than the model of being strong being like i'm standing here and nothing's phasing me right having the model and, and what's interesting and i think what 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 shakes me about it is because i like how you said like you know drifting away from the masculine yeah. ideas of strength is because the, the the examples I have of that type of strength that you're talking about, um, nine times out of 10 is coming from black women. Mm. Um, and, you know, I personally have gone through a change in consciousness over the last year or two, three years as I've, you know, engaged with feminist literature and, and, and theory and, and womanism um, and just seeing the, the attack that is happening yeah. on women and specifically black women that doesn't get talked about right so we understand the 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 violence or the the attack or the threat against black men because we're perpetually you know right. discussing that but it, it this is becoming a little bit more difficult because this is something that i guess my eyes are being open to in a way right. and so it being a, a woman um being hung to death in a, in a, in a jail cell or yeah. whatever actually happen because we'll never probably know the truth i think that is what has has cracked at me so that's probably what i'll do you know look at my sister christiana cologne look at janae bonsu of byp 100 look at Paige may of we charge genocide charlene carruthers and if you don't know these folks find them on twitter i mean these are strong leaders yeah and, and i think that is what i foresee pulling me out yeah. um you know following their example and i don't even want to put that pressure on them because right. that's also not fair um but that is probably the only way I'll be able to deal with this. And specifically since, you know, BYP and the, the greater organi organizing community in Chicago is definitely um, strategizing or organizing around the Say Her Name campaign right. and centering uh, the violence against black women and girls that has taken place not only in this city, but in this country. So that's what I think I'll try to do to pull myself out of this. But just right now, it's just really hard. It's a great test of ourselves. You know, like you think about the two people that we are speaking into microphones mm -hmm. right now. Um, and it's one thing for us to talk about these things on the radio, but like part of the work, in addition to looking to those other examples, is I'm not, not speaking for you, but for me, like I have to not just look to their example, but reshape my own example. Um, and some of that comes from, I mean, most of that for me just comes from listening 
right? right? Exactly. And having spaces, hopefully like this, and more physical spaces, you know, in whether it's organizing or art or whatever it is, where you're hearing from uh, people with different models of strength, and you can, you know, humbly learn from their example. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 really all I have right now. I actually, I think I'm gonna uh, uh, play a good song mm. that um, me and my sister use in these moments to not only heal but kind of try to recreate our world. Yeah. As we have Rick coming up, and we're you know gonna be talking about ideas such as like prison abolition or you know reform or revolution. All a little those, light listening here. <laughs> all those type of things. Like you have to have an imagination, yeah. right? So like if you want to create a new world you have to start to like speak those things into existence. So we got Nas and Lauren Hill with If I Ruled the World. And as you listen to this, I want you to think if you ruled the world, what would you do to change some of the things that's going on? Ergo, 88.5, WHPK. Harassing. Imagine going to court with no trial. Lifestyle cruising blue behind my waters. No welfare supporters. More conscious of the way we raise our daughters. Days are shorter, nights are colder. Feeling like life is over. These snakes strike like a cobra. The world's hot, my son got knocked. Evidently, it's elementary. They want us all gone eventually. Trooping out of state for a plate. Knowledge, if coke was cooked without the garbage, we'd all have the top dollars. Imagine everybody flashing, fashion, designer clothes. Lacing your click up with diamond rolls. Your people's holding dough. No parole, no rubbers Going raw, imagine law with no undercovers Just some thoughts for the mind I take a glimpse into time Watch the blimp read, the world is mine If I rule the world Imagine that I free all my These last days until where to be paradise life relaxing black latino and anglo-saxon amani exchange the range cast lost tribal shabazz free at last brand new whips to crash then we laugh in the illa path the villa houses for the crew how we do trees for breakfast dime sexes have been stretches so many years of depression make me vision the better living type of place to raise kids in opening eyes to the lies history's told foul but i'm as wise as the old owl plus the gold child seeing things like i was controlling click rolling Tricking six digits on kicks and still holding trips to Paris. I civilized every savage. Give me one shot, I turn tripe life to lavish. Political prisoner, set free, stress free. No work release, purple M3s and jet skis. Feel the wind breeze in West Indies. I think Coretta Scott King, mayor of the cities in reverse beans to Willies. It sound foul, but every girl I meet to go downtown. I'd open every cell in Attica, send them to Africa. Imagine that.
hear the story how the thugs live and worry. Duck down in car seats, heat's mandatory. Running from Jake, getting chased, hunger for papes. These are the breaks, many mistakes go down out of state. Wait, I had to let it marinate. We carry weight, trying to get laced. Flip the A stack to safe. Millionaire plan to keep the gap with the cock camera. Making moves in Atlanta, back and forth scrambler. Cause you can have all the chips, be poor or rich. Still nobody want a nigga have a shit. If I rule the world and everything in it, sky's the limit. I push the Q45 infinite. It wouldn't be no such thing as jealousies or be felony. Strictly living longevity to the destiny I thought I'd never see, but reality struck. Better find out before your time's out. What the fuck? If I rule the world, imagine that. I free all my I ruled the world and everything in it. We got Nas and Lauren Hill with the classic joint. Classic. So, Kiss, mm-hmm. one to three answers. You okay. say one long one, or you can list off two or three of them. Mm-hmm. If you ruled the world, if this was the United States of Daniel Kissinger, <laughs> what would you do? What What are some of the things you would change kind of after the model of, of what Nas laid out? Because he said he would open up all the cells to Attica. Yeah. He would, you know go back to Africa, a bunch of, a bunch of like kind of dope ideas that, that take a, a somewhat of a radical imagination, but you don't even have to go that deep. It can yeah. be as simple as like, you don't have to shave your beard or something like that. Oh, well, I just don't do that anyway. I did shave my neck beard this week. Okay, your neck necessary. beard. I've never heard that phrase. Or, or neared. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was just me stalling to figure out my three. One, I would make uh, Chappelle show mandated viewing in schools for everyone under 15. Because my brother is 17 and he's never seen it and has what? no idea what it is. Right. So that's wild to me, right? It's like everyone I knew was watching Chappelle's show. And my brother, who's 17, he's ne- he has no frame of reference. It doesn't mean anything to him. That might be something specific about your brother. No, he might like, have to call him up. No, Aaron's like him. on his oh, stuff. Because like, they like knows even still stuff. play the syndicated episodes on, on, on Comedy Yeah, but he doesn't watch TV. He's a child. They don't watch kids. Kids don't watch like television. All right. Anyway. have to have a talk. All right, Aaron, you're in trouble. Um, all right, so there's one. Everyone's got to know uh, what happens when you go into a copy shop and the people don't like you. Um, two, hmm, I would build up public transportation in cities and rural areas. I was thinking about this a lot. We were talking, actually, while the song was playing, like, beyond just like the technical things of getting from one place to another and how that's important for jobs and stuff like that like i just i feel like i learn more being in movement than i do being still so if you can create effective cheap ways for people to be in movement they might see places that are outside their life so if you make that the norm that like to get from one from your office to your house 
you have to pass through things that are different from your office and your house. Uh, I think that would help. Okay. Um, so that's two. Uh, three. Wow. Well, come back to me. What do you got? What do I got? Um, off the top of my head, uh, I guess a lot of them have to do with food. One, mm. I would put fruit and I guess vegetables too, but I put fruit in like <laughs> vending machines, every corner store. Um, they're like the idea of a food desert would not exist because fruit and water would be like fresh and accessible to all people. Um, and we would grow more fruit and stop growing only corn and like soybeans. And we would like grow fruit. Um, I would make mild sauce an international mandate. Mm. So like, I get frustrated that only the South side and I guess the West side too. what up? Uh, only the South side of Chicago has what we know as mild sauce. Mm -hmm. So I will put that, you know, in New York, I would put that in San Diego and Bangladesh everywhere. Um, you so, don't think those places all just have their own version of what we use? No, sauce no, 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 no. Chicago South side mild sauce is you're on some special, mild sauce imperialism yeah, right now. Yeah, no, that, I would colonize the earth with mild <laughs> sauce. You would you would put it on everything. You could put it on your 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 tofu. You could put it on your stir fry for the sociologically you know, inclined. The, the that's what we call soft power, yeah, right the there. The fufu in, in West Africa. All <laughs> all dishes will have the option to have mild sauce in every cuisine. Okay, um, and I would probably um, have ways where your your labor can bring more than just dollars so you can work to li to live you can work to own property you can work for goods you could work um for access to things so if you're a photographer you know you could do some editing or something and you can get a camera if you right. have you know housing insecurity you can work somewhere and own your own home uh but people being able to own things more than just dollars so like i guess bartering would mm -hmm. come back i'm not saying i would get rid of the dollar because you know dollar dollar bill y'all mm -hmm. but think of all the songs that would be obsolete yeah yeah i wouldn't do that to rappers yeah you know, i mean they what does it really, mean when you say get really money and no I one I knows took, what money is if i took their cash away from them but mm. i think i would find ways for people to have other currencies other assets other things that can actually like benefit you or you can sustain from i just take away their money with my bars you know Word, word. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got you got two bars that could that could write not it out. Even a you, chance. This oh. is a uh, another rule on this show. We're not against all white people freestyling, but meet but myself. Specifically, yeah, specifically this specifically, white person. That's just not <laughs> ever gonna happen on the radio. All right, I I could uh, I can live with that okay. with that rule. Um, that is that is a rule that yeah. that you cannot. No, it's in the bylaws. It's in the bylaws. <laughs> if you rule the world, you would never allow yourself to freestyle. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, and I would also eliminate. The word swaggy from but the vocabulary. What about swag itself? I don't only, think I have the only power that variation. To do that. Swaggy, so swaggy. Yeah, no, that's would bad. Have to, yeah, would have to change it. Yeah, but it could. I think swag would have to only be one form of word. Like it would have to be a noun, a verb, or an adjective. Like you can't be all of them with the same word. Mm. Like you can't say I have swag and also say I'm swagging on someone. Okay. It has to only be one of the two. Okay, so you want it to be like a, a hard noun. Yeah, I mean, we need a or committee. What, what I think that? I need a I'm committee. I'm bad with, 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 what is, with swag be an adjective? Yeah. Oh, boy, just let's play another song. Rick Wilson <laughs> coming up in a few minutes here on Ergo WHPK 88.5. Ergo let me, Radio. Let me see. You, you put me on the spot here. Let's see what, uh, okay. what the people got. In the meantime, if you have ways that you would rule the world, hit us up on Twitter at Ergo Radio with those ways. Well, uh, we'll get you on the air, you know, and uh, definitely Wild Damon's figuring out I'm our ready. next track. Oh, you're I'm ready. ready? I'm that quick. Oh, man. He's quick with it. All right. What do you got for us, Damon? Um, I got 
I'm always hometown. I'm always for the homies. So I got uh, John Doe in the mind coming up with, and this is actually exclusive. This is like not available anywhere. I, oh, only man. only I have this. Wow. She might even get mad at me for Ooh. playing this. This is a risk. So ergo, y'all are getting the. This exclusive. might be the third rap beat for the week. Okay. All right. Yeah, we could. No, we're not no, gonna actually no, talk no, about no, no. that. We, <laughs> but this is eighty-eight point five uh, FM into the water. John Doe, the mind. here on Airgo 88.5 WHPK that was John Doe and The Mind what's the name of the track name? It's called Into the Water uh, and uh, FCC you, I owe you one I finally got it in there it, it happened it was a mistake I tried my best it, I kind of missed that one but hey in know, moments like this we need forgiveness more than anything. yeah I'm sorry kids if there are any young people listening go for the kids <laughs> or moms who are with their children yeah or my mom <laughs> <laughs> or my mom for that matter um yeah we were just talking after that uh i was thinking about the Chappelle show thing again um and like the different voices in popular culture and all that stuff 
do you think there's like like anyone who in moments like this where you're just exhausted and like you just can't handle it like who do you turn to that's like a pop culture thing either contemporary or old that like you just come back to because it gives you that we gonna be all right feel other than that song by kendrick lamar i was actually gonna say um a lot of times what's been what feels good for me is like watching interviews so watching kendrick lamar interviews watching kanye interviews or even watching something like a a, a miri baraka interview or or like an old fred hampton or, or even malcolm i think uh watching watching people who who know what they're talking about kind of say their piece um usually makes me feel better it gives me that we gonna be all right but speaking of people know what they're talking about or <laughs> interviews uh we got our special guest here we are very very excited to have mr rick he a little bit late wilson in the building <laughs> my man we gonna let him uh brush the sweat off his brow i like that uh, seat. i like that nickname <laughs> in, in quotes that's the, the rap name a little late <laughs> a little, little late a little late wilson dj no k is in the building uh so oh, what's up rick say what's up to the people how you feeling what's up everyone how you guys feeling Real good. we're good we're good what, what, what you been up to where, where are you coming from what part of the city you headed uh i'm coming from the far 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 south side far, far city, south, yeah. like how far like, uh, like yeah, like not even the city, like 125th and Pulaski South. Oh, okay, where? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I feel you. I, I came kind of from from those parts a little bit myself. Y'all could have carpooled. We could have. We should have. I should have came and got you, man. I'm, I'm gonna take the blame <laughs> for this. Ergo, listeners, this is Damon's fault. We could have been more efficient and save the environment. No, see, that. the crazy thing is, I got here and I cannot find the building. No one on University of Chicago's campus know where this is. Really? Yeah. Well, it's good to know that <laughs> so, we're connected to the student body <laughs> and the staff. So, <laughs> like, what is going on? Yeah. Well, you found it. It's a community radio station. Yeah, those yeah, 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 right? Yeah, what's no, up, community? Sure. <laughs> so, so, what's been up with you? What what you been kind of been going on the last couple of days? I know, you know, your tape drop, was it been like a month now? since? Or uh, maybe, yeah, like a little bit more, like two months. So, two months, so, yeah. so what's been kind of some of the interesting things that have changed in your life now that you've got that project off? You've been getting a lot of good looks for it. Yeah, well, one uh, thing is people don't call me Rick no more. They just call me Penny Raps. Oh, that's what's up. That's what's <laughs> up. You got branding going? Yeah, yeah. They just be like, what's up, Penny Raps? So <laughs> Was that I, intentional? Like, did you want that to be, like, your thing? Uh, Not really. I wanted them to know of the tape Penny Raps, mm -hmm. but if they call me that, I mean, it's cool, I guess. Yeah. It's better than, like, hey, that activist dude. You know what <laughs> I mean? <It's>, so. <laughs> also better than if you named your tape, like, uh, like, we're glossy or something like that. Everyone was like... We glossy. We glossy. I think it's because of uh, Twitter. I think it's because people see your name yeah, on Twitter, Twitter and too. then yeah, they yeah. just associate that like you are Penny Raps mm -hmm. on Twitter right now. So people are, yeah. are kind of get brain farts when they when they see you. It's really because everyone thinks you're Malcolm London. That they, yeah, get, yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, get, yeah, they get confused. Yeah, yeah, like, and it's like, but now it's like since Penny Raps didn't have like my face on the cover, people look at me like, uh, Penny Raps? I was like, right, yeah, yeah, that's right, me, that's right. me. That's like, oh, okay, I fucks with it. I was like, okay, I mean, I mess with it. Yep, yeah. we got two FCC. Uh, we we played a song with Cursor on accident <laughs> just now. We got one slip for you. We all good. We racking them up. We trying to actually start that beef. So I feel like once we once we have double digits is when we're really in trouble. You know, like once <laughs> once we have like fifteen an episode. So uh, how long you been rapping for? Uh, I've been rapping since I was fifteen. Mm. And 
little do people know this is actually kind of the the little homie of the community right now because yeah. he you're only 20 years old you've done a lot yeah and when you turn 21 man uh next april a long time from now <laughs> long so time. you're still underage out here getting yeah. it in but five years now you've been you've been on the mic yeah five years now i guess i could say i only got good like two years or a year ago you know how that goes so um, so based on your imagination what does the inside of the club look like since you haven't been inside since we get them in like the inside of oh yeah, oh <laughs> the club is overrated man yeah, honestly absolutely. it's like i think like the funnest part about like the club is trying to get in <laughs> and then like once you get in it's like i really don't even want to like be here. be here you know what <laughs> i mean time. like it's like it's very overrated every, but i think that's for everything though like, oh, it's all about the like exclusivity and the entrance. Like actually, once you get your foot in the door, mm -hmm, like yeah. even like you know like with backstage at shows, like definitely that's very overrated. Like first of all, it's not even fun. You don't see the show, <laughs> and like the crowd is usually more like turned up than the people backstage. Yeah, so, so it's I, ugly back there too. It's all types of pipe showing. It's never like a lush, like, yeah, exposed brick cool, and, chill. Yeah, thing. and it's just like you know I come from like an activist world, and everyone is very like real and like. When it's backstage, it like shows everyone's very fake and trying yeah. to like you know flex on like who they are or what their power is and like what makes them important. It's about like coolness. Yeah. So, but like I was actually thinking about this on the way here. So, what do you think it is that for our generation like makes a, just a rapper like the cool thing? Like obviously hip hop was important for all of us and everything, but like that image and like the dude on stage, the whole thing. Like, why is that? <laughs> of all the images to see, like what is it about that that's so cool? Like, what do you think it is that speaks to? At least to me, and it seems like to both of y'all, as people who do that art form. Like, what makes someone cool? Like, what makes the rappers cool? Why is that, like, mo that type, that archetype, like, the coolest thing we got, basically? Or one of them? I, I think it's because, like, I don't know, rappers sort of control, like, pop culture now. Mm. And, uh, and because pop culture is so integrated with, like, social media now, uh... I feel like, you know, like, like no matter what, like rappers are like forced on you now, or like artists are forced on, like onto you yeah. through like PR companies and all this, and you know, now we have a generation that's growing up with people who are forced on them. Like rappers weren't forced on me when I was younger. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I wanted to see rap, I really had to like actually try. I had to look up YouTube. If YouTube wasn't always around That's when I was younger. hilarious. You're like, when I was young, I had to look on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> like, way back. <laughs> <laughs> like, YouTube or MTV. Yeah. Like, now, like, if you got, like, a Facebook and you like a certain music, or if you even listen to certain music on YouTube, Facebook creates, like, ads that are, like, on the side, yeah. and you see, like, that rapper there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they make, like, and it's just kind of cool because they, like, like rappers usually come from marginalized areas and like they like give them like such a powerful voice mm. but sometimes that powerful voice is not so powerful for the community you know yeah, what i mean yeah yeah even but that's like on like the big scale in like industry level but mm -hmm. even on like the local level yeah, right like even, in our, even like especially in chicago like yeah. our social scene is like definitely geared towards or kind of driven by like rappers yeah. and the people that are around the rappers yeah definitely um, and Extremely. It, is that something that's comfortable for you as you are starting to like become known in the city as one of the up-and-coming MCs as like now you have to be like kind of you're forced to be a part of the in crowd or that mm -hmm. is what you are associated with is that something that you appreciate or have been looking for or now that you're kind of there or at the cusp of it what are your feelings about the social scene on like local rap or kind of non-industry types? 
That's so crazy that you just said that because I was actually just like thinking about that, like this whole like past couple of days with Pitchfork going on right, and all. Because right. the first time I was ever like VIP at Pitchfork, Word. which is crazy. And um, I don't know. Hit me up, man. I, hey, I, <laughs> I, I can't say what I want to say on radio, <laughs> but um, um, but like I don't know. I sort of really don't like it um, because right now, like a lot of the rappers who are in the circle that I was in. You know what I mean? We're considered like, you know, lame, like like lames back in the day. And like they really don't like they try to distance themselves from, you know, uh from really who they are. So like it's a lot of like fake and facade and like, you know, mm. these like these built up fronts that I see and like the circles that I see. And a lot of people aren't very transparent with who they really are. Right. And I um and like I really I really sorta of don't like that and like I'm sorta of scared about that because like if like things are going like how I want them to go. Uh, I know I better make some real friends now because like a lot of people are like fake, you know, and yeah. it's like, like even not even just like rap, it's like, even like- Just the people. Just like, just, <laughs> just art, world, just art world, period. Our world too, but like, especially in the art world. And it's mm -hmm. like so crazy, yo. Yeah, I mean, and then there's outside of that sphere, there's the kind of BS, but present mainstream criticisms that just come with calling yourself a rapper like mm -hmm. you know when you step you know and you're doing things in all these different ways as an organizer and a leader and traveling all, all over the world doing cross-cultural stuff but the moment you call yourself a rapper like you know that people are going to have certain assumptions or mm -hmm. you know criticisms just based on that like so that's part of why it's interesting to me like why would you of all the art forms in the world, like choose to do this one, knowing that you're gonna have to constantly be answering and be like, oh no, but you know, I'm not that, or I'm not that. It's like, why why choose to do this part mm -hmm. of it as part of what you do? Um, I started, well, I mean, I guess I decided to rap. Well, my cousin, my cousin is a, a platinum selling producer. His name's Jay Wells. And um, one of the main reasons why I felt I could do rap is because I knew that he would push me, he would put me in the right places where I need to be when I was younger. Um, and I, I guess I sort of decided to like rap because I feel like I had something to say, you know? True. And uh, and I felt like that was like my gift. I feel like, I feel like God didn't make me like a prophet, but he made me a mouthpiece, you know what I mean? Yeah. For people who don't get on this, pla who don't get like certain platforms. Like I got lucky, you know what I mean? Like I got cousins and I got a lot of friends who are like in like very stuck places right now. And like, because some people like the way I say my words, you know what I mean? Like, it just put me in different situations. So like, sometimes, a lot of times I feel like, like other people are speaking through me. Yeah. And I feel like that's why I continue to rap because like, if I stop rapping, I'm really like silencing, not just me, but a community of people, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's something I really appreciated, you know, listening to the project that how intentional you are about what you're saying. It's not about the metaphors or the, the imagery as much, or not imagery, but like your image as mm -hmm. like, you know, the, the facade that you were kind of talking yeah. about, but you're very intentional about the issues or kind of the ideas that you're like saying you want to get out. Another thing that I really have appreciated or admired about you in the, in the year or so that, that I've known you is the work you do on like the technical side behind the scenes and the way you always seem to be trying to add to your like basket of tricks or, or your talent. So the oh, yeah. fact that you came up engineering mm -hmm. um, and I know that you're getting into video production. Do you also produce? Do you actually? You no, know, I you tried got, to produce, but that, I, you, you ain't got there yet, but you're only I, 20. You'll get that. But how'd that, how'd that work out for you? What happened? Uh, well, I used to have this friend named Hooligan uh, who produced and uh, I tried to keep up with him and I just really couldn't keep up. And then like I befriended this producer named Sunny Digital uh, when I was like, like 
But like last year when I was 18, I used to be at his house all the time and see him make beats. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to stick to engineering. <laughs> and like, like, cause like, I feel like, you know, some people really need to stay like, like not like, yeah. And like in their lane, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like do what they good at. And I came up, like you said, like engineering and like doing video work. So like, that was just it's like a skill I already had. Yeah. How does that helped you now take like the front stage? Cause I know that you engineer a lot of people that make, music or rap very differently from what you do yeah. what from those experiences were you able to kind of um take to your craft or, or your project or how um, just how do you feel about your engineering now now that you're the penny raps guy right like, yeah right people still come for you in book sessions like let me get yeah. these penny rap sessions going yeah. <laughs> yeah people do like people do book sessions i guess like how like engineering like helped me was because I was able to connect to people, not even just with my music, but because of my skill. And like, when you get into like, when you with, you know, when like, when I'm spending this time with folks who, who are the rappers that everyone says raps the same and raps about the stuff that's mm -hmm. like causing violence to our city. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm able to open up conversations that they usually don't have with other folks, you know what I mean? Or also, also like being an engineer just like keeps my creative juices rolling because I'm always working with like different creative people, you know, and that's also like really dope. Yeah, it so, seems like it's this interesting balance between background and foreground, right? Mm -hmm. So like when you're on stage and when you're on the mic, you know, being comfortable in that role, being a, like you said, a mouthpiece. Mm -hmm. But then also whether it's as an engineer or I would guess probably in some of the organizing work, uh, you know, knowing how to play whatever that role is and take a step back. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you think, do you... How purposely do you raise up and then also sometimes pull back your voice, you know, mm -hmm. in those different spaces and roles? So, like, in November, um, me and eight other fellow people uh, went to Geneva, Switzerland to present a shadow report uh, to the UN on behalf of Chicago Police Department torturing black and brown folks around the city of Chicago. Um, and because of that, like, I was sort of like, it was sort of this, like, like, people was, like... I was starting to become like the front man for like the movement and like, but essentially my, my narrative was being told too much. Mm -hmm. And that's when I felt I needed to step back. And like, that's when I sort of, I sort of like really, really stepped back. Cause like, I didn't really like that. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't like, um, I was getting this notoriety, this notoriety or whatever that word is. I, yeah. I always suck at saying that word. Uh, for a lot of work that I feel like I wasn't even really doing. It was a lot of, like, black women behind me doing a lot of that work. You know what right. I mean? Like, shouts to Marion Cobb, but shouts to a lot of folks who were, like, doing that work. And I feel like I was being, um, like, seen as the dude who's doing all this work. And I was doing work, but, like, I feel like they weren't getting credit. And I didn't like how that felt. And So how do you, in those places where people are handing you the microphone, like we did right now, yeah. how do you build up, other than just shouting out their name, like, how do you fill in the circle of all the people involved like how do you use your voice to big up the awareness for those other folks like in that moment where you feel like hold on a second like i hear myself being elevated mm -hmm. how do you put your ego aside and then like build everyone up around you i mean i think it starts with like you know saying stuff like i didn't do all the work okay, <laughs> no, no but like yeah. like i didn't do all the work or like uh <laughs> or like or even like I def I definitely think it starts like also with like raising other folks' names, you know, mm -hmm. in conversations like this, and then people who are listening like, oh, dang, who's that? I'm about to look them up, you know. Um, I think yeah, I think it starts like that. I don't I don't really know any any other way to like you know say you know I don't want to force you know other people's like 
other people other people but i definitely like to reference other people like when i get stuff from other people or yeah. ideas and stuff like that this is ergo 88.5 whbk uh with rick wilson yeah we're here with the homie rick uh we're gonna talk a little bit more about some of the things you're doing outside of music because i think it might arguably be more interesting but it definitely makes the fact that you have such a good project um it, it adds to to mm -hmm. i don't want to say brand because that's kind of a, a weird word especially yeah. when you're doing work for like yeah. human beings and stuff <laughs> but it but but that's the truth of it um but we have a little segment a new segment and since you actually fit into the category you could actually play a part of the game it's called let me school you youngin okay so it's where we play kind of old school joints that like aren't that one Al Green song that everybody uh -oh. knows, right? And just see if you kind of know what's going on. This is a, a joint that should be easy for Chicagoans, I feel. Uh, but I'm not going to say the name of it. We're just about to play it, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more after this track. Yeah. Let me school you, youngin. Everybody tweet in or call. No, no call us. We don't feel like if answering you the phone. you know the song, but, <laughs> but tweet us at Ergo Radio uh, if you know the name of the song, and we might shout you out. Much love. <laughs>
need a little more. So that was today's Let Me School You Youngin. Now, I'm going to be honest. This one was difficult because this is a song, I think, especially Chicago kids. I think we all know, yeah. but never knew who it was. So, Rick, I've seen you struggling while we was playing it. You want to take a couple more guesses on the air before we let the world know because I don't think anybody tweeted in with the right answer so far. He's uh, hard in thought right now. Like He's got, he's like stroking his like, little wispy beard. He's got thoughts. You gonna pull a dread out in a minute? Uh, <laughs> Do we? Are we calling those? Are, are you officially like uh, owning the lock dread? Nah, I'm gonna call like, them. I'm just gonna call them uh, free growth. Free growth. Free growth. All right, yeah, because yeah. right. I haven't really twisted them at all. Okay. Um, I oh, man, just I don't know who that is. I want to. Uh, not the shy lights. They're from Chicago, though. I don't even think so. I just know that they oh. play it on Chicago radio all the time and like in the step sets and stuff. And like on V103 when I was growing up, every Rush Hour mix had that. I don't know. I don't oh, you're not even going to throw it. You I want, the I, shot lights. You, all right. It is Womack and Womack. So it's Bobby Womack. Bobby and think, Womack. And I think his wife. Uh, and this that is like my favorite old school joint for real. So Dang, I, I did not know. It came out in 1983. Oh, so okay. It's it's I mean, a old, we, yeah. you got school today, young. Yeah, it is. <laughs> 20, 30 years before you were born, you know. <laughs> but you are a youngin. Uh, but you've done a lot in your young twenty years. I think one of the things that you should be commended for the most is being kind of one of the first uh, rappers to to um, take on the the tag of a prison abolitionist. Mm -hmm. So I know you. There was a lot of uh, coverage about that. You want to kind of tell people what that means because that those are some heavy words put together right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what is prison abolition? And where are you with kind of personally, how do you feel about that, like, fight? Yeah. Um, well, I got the term prison abolitionist from um, Miriam Kaba. Um, and I remember I was trying to identify my activism. You know what I mean? I was yeah. trying to identify my activism and essentially what my goal was. Because um, I can't, it's one thing to say, like, I'm for, like, black liberation. But, like, it's always that question, like, what does black liberation look like to you and what are the steps to black liberation? And I think one of the biggest steps to black liberation in this country or around the world is, uh, like, abolishing prisons, you know. And uh, the reason I believe that is because um, when we talk about, you know, like, prisons and what they're for and, like, where they come from, we really have to ask ourselves, uh, like, like, okay, that's what they're for, but why does this happen? You know what I mean? Yeah. And when we start, and I think the best way to, like, you know, enlighten a person is to ask them questions. And I feel like, and, like, it make them uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like, right. like when you're uncomfortable, you really, like, uncomfortable conversations really change people a whole lot, you know? Um, so when I say prison abolitionist, I mean, in order to be prison abolitionist, you have to dismantle, you know, Capitalism, you have to dismantle racism, you have to dismantle sexism, everything that essentially is why we have prisons, you know. Um, so that's why I call myself prison abolitionist because my goal essentially is my goal is to free mm -hmm. um, all oppressed people. And we can't talk about freeing oppressed people when we have. Millions of people locked up. I feel that. I feel that. I'm gonna play devil's advocate and ask you one of I those love tough devil's questions, advocate. right? You said like tough conversations are how people mm -hmm. wake up. Um, so to help people who probably might be struggling hearing this, what what do you say when someone says, "Well, what about all of the 
Rapists. Really bad, the rapists, the, rapist, the murderers, the murderers. The bad, what are we going to do when someone shoots me? What are we going to do when someone steals from me? What are we going to do when a, a woman is being beat up by her boyfriend? Who do we call? Where do they go? How do we uh, deal with you know the 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 negative parts of humanity the bad apples. And, yeah. and and the evil that takes place in society what, what, what can we do if we can't send them to prison we one we have to ask why do we feel like why why are we conditioned to call on someone to you know solve the issues in our community who essentially probably isn't even from our community and never helps the issues right and i'm talking about with police officers um and policing and two we need to ask ourselves why are these murder like why are these murdering like murderers and rapists where do they come from usually something happens along the like along the line when they're very young to make someone think like that because that's that's like that's inhumane it's not you like people say like people believe that it's humane for other folks to kill people and rape people and all that and that that stuff wasn't always in the world you know what i mean that stuff comes from colonialism <laughs> white men colonizing like <laughs> color people areas and like literally just bring in like patriarchy and racism and all this stuff and even capitalism you know all this all that is just all that all those are symptoms of the horrors of all these isms that people are like live and grow up in you know what i mean Classism. and like i even like i even struggle with some of those isms you know what i mean to this day but uh it really like it starts with like people asking uncomfortable questions like that and like really thinking like why do we feel like we have to rely on police officers or why do we feel like we have to rely on outside sources to solve the issues in our community and then my question to everyone is like have you ever been in a fight with someone what's the last time you been in a fight with someone did you call the police when you were in that fight with someone how did you solve that issue you know what i mean like a lot of the times and a lot of situations that's how a lot of stuff can be resolved yeah, you just got to build the people's toolboxes with ways to, you know, look into towards a solution in a situation mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if if you ruled the world, what would be the first step you would you would take to implement correcting some of those isms or kind of um, finding a supplement or, or or a substitution for the the prison industrial complex? Oh man! Um, just one, just one, one. If you ruled the world, Nas like bar. It don't got to be Nas like actually, but just one. If you ruled the world, just one of the best bars of all time. <laughs> just spin it right now. <laughs> oh man! Shoot. How about just spinning some really good raps real quick? That might be like a good first step. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I guess that might. Cause I mean, it's a yeah. It's a lot of things that I would that I would want to say. A lot of things that I want to say. Well. Out of time. Yeah, well, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? That was a. <laughs> I ain't gonna put you on the spot for all of that, but we are gonna put you on the spot to get some of these bars because we always have an on-air live performance aspect okay. on Airgo. And since you are a rapper, as they call them, uh, you can kind of do that. So we got the track going for you. Okay. Uh, you can just spit a little bit on us okay. and we can get out of here. Oh man. Okay. I'm a rap, I'm a rap. <laughs> a world full of laughter, a world full of pain, a world full of anger, a world too insane, a world full of...
but we only call the women them. World full of gold, one percentage only benefit. World full of ignorance, but it won't take my peace of mind. A world full of blind, seems that everybody crosses lines. Everyone retaliates, everybody instigates. Everyone they love has the talent to resemble hate. In a world full of healers, a world full of healers. Baby smile to be the one resembled by a killer. A world full of humans, a world full of me. A world who ain't free, a world full of me. That's love, man. Ergo Radio, that. Rick Wilson with some bars and some thoughts and some <laughs> moments of pause and some things to think about. Thanks so much for uh, for being here. Whoa. Rick, where okay, can people find you? Wait, wait, wait. Say what you got to go say. Uh, yeah, okay, so. Through I all the words, I, you came up with your one thing. I came up with my one thing. <laughs> if I had one thing, I would, um, uh, I would replace, I would replace all the police officers from everywhere in Chicago, I guess, right now in my world. And I replaced them with folks in the community occupying their like streets and watching their streets like the moms in Inglewood were this past summer. With mo- mothers against senseless killings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the moms in yeah, the mothers against senseless killings. I would that would be my first wish, and that would be like a little step to something bigger. You know what I mean? But as a prison abolitionist, I feel like that was really mad dope. Yeah, uh, so yeah. shouts out to those mothers. Those yeah, and we'll women. talk about them more because they're doing really cool stuff. Also, fun fact: one of the leaders of that organization is a certified rabbi. Where? She's a black Jew, Tamar McCullough, a uh, rabbi. We'll talk more about that yeah, later. Okay. That's just a little sneak peek we give you with the, uh, you know, the, the cliffhanger. Here, uh, <laughs> the, the Judaism cliffhanger. I had to, you know. Um, but thank you so much for being here. Before we get out of here, how can folks uh, find your stuff, find Penny Raps, find the stuff you're doing with FYI, talk a little bit about what that is. Real quick, we got like 10 seconds. Yeah, okay, so like me and my, me and my good friend David Ellis, uh, who's also a Chicago rapper, me and him formed a... Uh, uh, rap duo called FYI and it's called F Your Institution <laughs> um, and you can find that at F Your Institution anywhere and you can find me at Rick Wilson anywhere you can google Rick Wilson my name is R.I.C. Wilson I also have a website Rick Wilson is me and that's I-S-M-E dot com and that's where you can find me as well uh, and yeah that's, yeah that's really all I have follow us at, uh, at Ergo Radio and at Ergo doc, Ergo Radio dot com I'm Damon underscore A-F and uh, make sure you subscribe on iTunes if you love this podcast. If you like this podcast, if you heard it once and thought it was kind of whack, still subscribe. <laughs> subscribe. Give us some feedback. Give <laughs> us some love. Uh, at Ergo Radio on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another strong young voice shaping or reshaping the culture of Chicago and our country. Thanks for being here. Peace. What's up, Kiss? I want you to meet my friend Miriam here. Hey, Miriam. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Miriam is my oldest friend in the world. The whole world. And she is a devoted podcast listener. Are you? I am. Oh, well, that's love. I don't even just, I don't mean our podcast. I just mean podcasts in general. Okay. I love podcasts. How, how do you usually find your podcast? What do you listen to them on? <sighs> the iTunes mm. app. Yeah, I know. Very basic. You're not thrilled with it? It isn't the best. Well, the good news is we actually have a recommendation for you. Oh, yeah? Well, Ergo is sponsored by Overcast, 
It's an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. Man, it's for the people. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everyone. Get it free in the App Store where you get all the other things. That yeah. You, you going to check it out? Sounds amazing. Cool. We won you over. Look how effective this ad is. <gasps> yeah. Pay, pay us more money, folks. <laughs> that's that's advertising in action. You see? Works. <laughs> see, that's how good we are at selling things. We're doing this. Hey, yo, Harold, hit me up, man. I am an advocate and I can market your stuff because look how great we just marketed Overcast. We just gave an ad for them and an ad for us. I think it's time to get the fuck out of here. Let's do it. <laughs> 